All right, welcome back to the channel this week then, my friends. And you know, it seems to be every other week that I keep saying this now, but everything seems to be getting more and more crazy as each day and each week goes by. So today's story is another crazy, strange one, which is all around France, actually. Yes, this is true story. Some of you are gonna get your phones out and start Googling this to see. I promise you, this is absolutely a true story. France has just banned their citizens, so they've made it an offence. I don't know if that means it's a criminal, illegal offence, but they've made it an offence to actually take a flight, so a domestic airline flight, from point A to point B, where a train line exists in that same place. France has officially banned short-distance domestic flights in an effort to cut the country's carbon emissions. The new law went into effect this week. It means people can no longer travel by air if the same journey can be made by train in under two and a half hours. Well, Lana, it sounds like a great idea. It sounds like it should ease carbon emissions. Now, the ban became law yesterday, but in fact, it's been in practice for almost two years. Is there potentially talk of doing this in other places beyond France? There are some other places already um, implementing ideas. And I just think this is mind-boggling how quickly this is advancing. You remember I made a video on this in December of 2022, so six, seven months ago now, I made a video talking about this document that I'd read, the plans that I'd read about reducing emissions via the airline industry. And one of the proposals was that people could only take one international flight per year of a set amount and they had to pay these taxes and there was all these green taxes and everything else and offsetting carbon and having a carbon tracker so you could track how much carbon you used etc all these all these things so what's actually happened the french government has claimed that this sends a powerful um, and motivating message around the world in the fight against climate change but is that true? Well, you know it's not because I wouldn't be covering it if I thought all of this was legitimate. As usual, if you just look deeper into everything, you find out what's really going on here. So let's use mathematics as always and numbers to actually get to the bottom of this because that's what we always do. We follow the numbers or we follow the money. You follow both of those things and it usually tells you the truth of what's going on. So let's start with the amount of routes that have been affected by this. So what they actually tried to do was push through a much more extreme model and approach, but it was rejected. So they wanted to initially do it for, the first proposal was something like eight hours. If there was a train that got you to the location in eight hours or less, <laughs> which is like the entire country traveling from one point to the other, then that should replace a flight. But then when they looked at that, they said, hold on, hold on. That will pretty much replace most of the domestic flights and cripple the airline industry. So they reduced that down to four hours. And then from there, there was a legal challenge and they reduced that down. So they had a compromise. And this is where it gets very interesting as well. Do you remember the during the lockdown periods 2020? the government grants to companies and businesses. Well, just so happens that KLM, the national airline, got a grant from the government. 
But was it a no strings attached grant? No, it wasn't. Here we go. It says, however, it comes with strings attached. The aid package is not a blank check and is contingent on certain conditions. These conditions are linked to the airline's environmental factors. So straight away, we can now link this, that they did a deal in order to survive, that they would reduce routes and things like that. Now, I'll get into the economics of that as well shortly, because that doesn't make sense either. So overall, it was only five routes that became affected. I'll put that image on screen now. So this ban then affects approximately half a million passengers per year out of a total 16 million domestic air travelers. So one in 32. Is that a massive impact? I would say not really. And then as we get deeper into this, then it only affects about 3% of those people who travel domestically by air. So what does this say to me? It says that this is a trial period. It's just someone, you know, throwing their hat in the ring, so to speak, to say, hey, look, we're doing it first because no one likes to be the first to do something unless they're virtue signaling or something like that. Then they want to be first to say, hey, hey, look at me. So I think that's what's happened. Macron you know, blasted it all over his Twitter and social media and, you know, the green stamp and all that stuff saying, look at us, we're the first to do it. Now it's up to other people to follow our lead. So it depends which media outlet you look at and which sort of statistics you go by here. But some of them are saying it's five routes that are banned. Others are saying that it's three routes that are banned. But either way, it affects 5,000 flights per year and roughly about 55,000 tons of CO2. But the other thing I found interesting is, remember before when we looked at the articles, they said that aviation um, accounted for 70% of all greenhouse gases and emissions and all this. Now these other articles are saying it's two to 3% of global emissions. And this is what I keep saying on every video. They change their mind all the time on the emissions and saying that these things are bad. Oh no, now they're not too bad. It's all about money and grants and, and you know, media and everything else. Now, this was a really worrying statement. Here it is. While some lawmakers, so these are politicians, obviously, applaud this move as an essential step in cutting greenhouse gas emissions, others argue, so these are other lawmakers, argue that it falls short. They believe citizens should be willing to, keyword, sacrifice non-essential trips, including visits to family and friends in the name of the environment. After all, we made sacrifices during the CV-19 pandemic, so why not do it for the planet? Do you see where this is going? We talked about this before. I knew exactly what the plan was with this. And yeah, the other thing I looked at then was private jet flights and people like Macron and some of these other you know, billionaires and leaders. And actually the private jet flights in Europe last year went up by over 60%. So that was 572,000, almost 573,000. Now you might ask, do, do all of these new green taxes affect private flights? Well, it's not clear. They don't wanna sort of put this information out there. Now, the other thing that is really key here is that when they first announced this new law, there was a massive pushback, as I, as I mentioned. So what happened was, uh, this is where it gets very interesting. 
The French government then announced it would significantly increase its stake in Air France KLM, which came with certain provisions. Imagine that, that you are a shareholder, you buy into a company, and then you decide you're going to make provisions on that company. You know, imagine that you bought into Apple, you were Warren Buffett or Berkshire Hathaway, something like that. And you said, I'm going to buy more stake in Apple because he owns a large stake. And then they said, but actually, we're going to put provisions on that. And we're going to tell Apple, you, that you have to move your factories, that you have to stop making this. You have to. It would never happen. But yet the government got involved by becoming a shareholder and then told them that they had to reduce the emissions 40% by 2030. So what they've actually done, if you think about this rationally, the government has taken a stake into a private company then telling them what to do. Not, it was nothing to do with profitability. This is all to do with climate. So the government has got involved. It's used taxpayer money, so you know, French citizens' money, to buy into the company, to then make the company less profitable because it's cutting roots and things like that. Then what it's doing is it's adding taxes, these carbon taxes on top. So it's making these flights even more expensive for citizens. And you've probably noticed this if you've taken a flight in the last year. I know I have. I've taken one flight, one international flight so far this year. And I was amazed that the price was twice as much as it used to be. Now, OK, it's been about four years since I took that same international flight. And when I called up the airline, the very nice lady that I spoke to, it wasn't an AI chatbot, which was good. But the really nice lady I spoke to said, oh, sir, that that aspect that you're talking about, there's been a large increase in the carbon tax. So what you're actually paying for there, all these increases, is a CO2 emission tax. So she said, if you take this other flight, the CO2 emission tax is a lot lower. But I didn't want to take that flight. It was very inconvenient to take that flight. So I was stuck with paying this tax, which I didn't agree to in the first place, but I'm therefore agreeing to it by paying for the flight. And besides, it only reduced the price by about 3% any, anyway by taking this other flight. But France also wants to become the highest aviation eco-tax country, potentially reaching 400 euros for a one-way long-haul business class flight. Now, the other thing that they are proposing, and it's still going through the, the government, or I guess we would say parliament at the moment, is that they want to move on to restricting flights with train connections shorter than four hours. Remember, that's train connections, not a direct route. And even imposing restrictions on the construction or expansion of airports. So let's say you were you know, thinking in the country you're going to build a new airport. Not going to happen. That is not what they want. They want more rail. But at the same time, they don't want more rail because they're not investing into more rail. You see where this is going. This is all about restrictions of transport because you've only got to look at this logically. Again, we look at numbers. We look at the facts. We're not interested in emotion and media and hearsay and what people feel about it. We want to know the numbers. We want to know the facts. The facts are they are increasing the taxes on flights. Thereby, what happens when you increase taxes on anything, you reduce the amount that thing is consumed, like a flight. So we're reducing the amount of people who are taking flights. We're also not 
investing into the railways to the extent that they should be, and they are restricting travel by car. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I'll cover that in another video. There's also a lot of restrictions into vehicles as well. And then there's this new smart grid that's being established and the electric cars, but there's not enough minerals and resources to make the batteries and you know the electric cars and all of this. There isn't the renewables in place to actually power the electrical grid, let alone the battery storage. I mean, this is, this is a pretty serious issue. And that's why I keep talking about this. Well, we won't use the keyword, but what's going on from 2020 right through to 2030? We're only three years into it. I mean, you look at the disruption that we have gone through in the last three years, three and a half years. We're only three and a half years into this. We've still got this all the way through to 2030. So if we've seen this much change and disruption in three and a half years, I don't even want to know what we're going to see in the next six and a half years. Now, let me tell you a couple of other issues with, with this plan is that what happens when you have a, a train strike? You see, before, if you have an airline strike, well, you can take a train. If you have a train strike, well, you can get on a plane. But now you're going to be limited to, well, I'm going to have to take a bus. If it has to be public transport, you're going to be on a bus. Well, are there going to be enough buses? Maybe not. And if there aren't enough buses and a lot of people simply won't take a bus, if you're used to flying, are you going to get onto a bus? Those people probably not, which means they're going to take their car potentially and they're going to drive. So I don't know. You think of the emissions of a car and, and by the way, you know me, I don't buy into all of the you know, emission theory either. I think there's a lot more at play here when you follow the money on carbon credits and other things. And then of course we need to talk about freedoms. So the freedom of movement, the freedom to travel and other freedoms that are being attacked at the moment. But this is a statement from the executive director of the French airport union. And he's expressed concerns about future potential measures that could be even more harsh. This serves as another example of how governments are using the climate to impose regulations and restrictions on our freedoms and choices. During 2020, when we know what's going on there, the French government compelled Air France to reduce certain routes in exchange for a multi-billion euro financial aid package while preventing competitors from stepping in to fill the void. There it is right there. This wasn't about helping a company. It was about reducing the air travel in that period. But I looked into this even deeper and I wanted to know, well, what sort of percentage of emissions is this going to save? And it says that it will save around 6.6% of domestic flight emissions, which translates to about 0.03% of total French emissions. I mean, that is nothing, 0.03%, but it actually gets worse than that. Because according to the International Energy Agency, France emitted about 306 million tons of CO2. That means that these flights accounted for only about 0.009% of France's total emissions. I mean, it's nothing. It's so minuscule that it's not even worth mentioning. And if you want a comparison, it would be the equivalent of removing about 6,000 cars from the road. But the other thing is around the economical aspects of this, because Air France KLM will lose about 70 million euros in revenue from these, these routes, basically. So that could 
Well, you, you just think about that. That leads to job losses. That's pilots and cabin crew. Um, it's the, the people on the ground. There's, there's a lot of things at stake here. And what about tourism? Here's another note that I've made, tourism. So tourism contributed about 180 billion euros, so 200 billion US dollars, that is, to France's GDP. So that's around 7% of France's economy. So if you are reducing the amount of flights, then it's not as convenient for people. Because let's say that you're going from the US, for example, or Canada, and you're flying to Europe and you want to go around France. Well, are you really going to let's say that you want to get from one side of the country to the other. And again, we're using this as an example. This doesn't exist right now, but if they make these measures more extreme than it could, are you honestly, with the short amount of time you've got for your vacation, going to spend 12 hours or half of a day? Well, it is one whole day because you'll have to sleep that night. Are you really going to spend an entire day just traveling from one place to the other when you can get on a, a plane and fly in a couple of hours? I just don't think you will. And I can give you a personal example. When I was in Thailand, I really wanted to travel to Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai and Pai um, in January time. I really wanted to do it, but there was an issue with flights. I don't exactly know, my wife knows the details. There was an issue with flights and it wouldn't align and things like that. So the option was to take a train. And the train was about 12 hours. I mean, someone will probably correct me on this, but it was something like that. It was something like 12 hours from Phuket up to Chiang Mai. And I said, there's just no way that we're going to take a train all the way up there. And then we're going to take a train back to, to Bangkok. It's just, it's not happening. So overall, what do I think then? I think this is just another example of limiting travel and putting restrictions on, on the people. I think they're setting a precedent for others to follow. They want to reduce airline travel. They want to reduce travel in general. All the while, you look at who controls the carbon credit system. And it's the same thing over and over again. doesn't matter where you look in any industry. You've got these groups that control the money. But unfortunately, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, that is the world that we live in. There are some very powerful groups out there that when you control the money, you control pretty much everything. And what's an extension of that now is this whole carbon credit system and everything else around it. Why do you think that some of the biggest banks now are investing into carbon credits? Why do you think that some of these dodgy people out there in the world, these billionaires, are investing into all this carbon capture technology and then putting out campaigns? I mean, this is how crazy it is. They're doing this campaign to say about, you know, invest into this technology. And then they're doing campaigns, which are complete lies, saying that it's pointless planting trees. Oh, it's a waste of time. Don't plant trees. Don't do this. Don't do that. All we need is this carbon capture technology and we need to do this. And it's not true. So do I really think all this airline thing with France is about, you know, climate change and whatever else? No, I don't. I think it's about money and it's about control. And that is pretty much it. The numbers do not lie. We always follow the numbers, we follow the facts, and we get to the truth. So other than that, just a quick reminder that this is the last week to get my stock market and finance course on the, at the current sale price. The price will be going up. Apart from that, take care, God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow.